This is episode C, Change. Feeling connected is a basic human need, as vital as air, water, and food. I'm here to talk about bridging the gap between ourselves, our friends and family, life partners, and anyone we come in contact with so we can more fully experience connection. Hello, and thank you for joining me on the podcast, old listeners and new listeners alike. Welcome. I heard this week that, on average, people who listen to podcasts listen to about seven at a time. So thank you for letting this be one of your seven. I'm happy to have you here. I just wanted to take a moment to thank this episode's sponsor, Blue Rock Medical. This month is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and Blue Rock Medical is offering your first mammogram free during the whole month of October. Call them at 801-229-2002 to set up an appointment today. Again, that number is 801-229-2002. All right, today we're going to talk about all things change as far as relationships, but before we do that, I wanted to share heavenly news as usual. My heavenly news today, I have two pieces and both have to do with babies. The first is that my area, my neighborhood was involved in a service project for mothers and victims of domestic abuse. We gathered brand new baby items to supply new mothers with and these were donated to a local shelter where women who are victims of domestic abuse can go and grab them as needed. To gather the items, I was in charge of helping to plan a baby shower and it was so fun. (laughs) Love baby showers. So it was a fun way to get together and also do some service. Maybe I'll have to work on my reporter voice so that I can make this like a news bit. (laughs) The other item of heavenly news is that my newborn son, Emerson, he's four months old. When he was born, he had something called HIE. It's an acronym. I don't remember exactly what it stands for, but you can Google it. Basically, it was where he didn't breathe at first, and so there could be potential brain damage as a result of that. So far, everything looks normal, and it's within the normal range, and he'll have a little bit of early intervention physical therapy just to make sure, but it could have been a lot worse So we went up to Primary Children's and they just did a follow-up and again, he seems to be progressing okay and is only slightly behind in certain areas and hopefully we'll be able to work on that over time. The more I learn about babies and childbirth and pregnancy, it's all just a miracle that it all works out and I think I've shared that before and you might be familiar with my adversity story of pregnancy with him, my newborn. Okay, so change. We are all familiar with change and I think to a point we like it and we welcome it and it's necessary for our growth and we're static beings so we're always changing and in relationships hopefully we're changing together. We're growing and evolving. I heard a quote before that said never let your relationship grow stale so it's important to change and go for the better. So unfortunately though, relationship problems seem to stem from wanting the other person to change. (laughs) We can get caught up in they're doing this and I wish they'd do that and wouldn't it be so great if they were just this way? But 
truly getting someone to change, someone else to change, is really futile. The only person we can change is ourselves. A while back, as I was leading up to this season, I posed a question on Instagram asking my listeners what they would like to hear in the season, and a few people sent me questions, and for that I'm grateful. I always love getting in the minds of my audience and my listeners and getting curious about what they want to know, what you want to know, so that we can learn and research it together. I love changing my topic every season because then it gives me an opportunity to learn alongside you. I'm far from an expert on any of these areas. It's just an opportunity for me to study and learn something new. As I was reviewing these questions for this episode, I realized that they all conveniently start with C, which is perfect because you know me, I love alliteration and this episode's about change. So all the rest have to do with change in one way or another. I may have mentioned this in the previous season with plans to touch on this more. So this was a, a question not posed directly to me, but more to the Facebook world, and I just thought it would be insightful for you as my listeners, and it's something that has crossed my mind before, so I included it here. It has to do with chores, so that's the C word, household chores. And let me go to the question. It says, does anyone have a way they cope or accept this poll that says women say they do most chores and childcare? How have you changed things in your relationship to equal out responsibility? I would love to hear what others have to say. And again, I think we can all relate to this because we're human and we want things to be fair. We want justice and equality and all the things. I remember feeling this really hard in my first year of marriage. I felt like I did all the cleaning and everything and that was even before throwing kids in the mix. But someone commented on this question, and I really liked their answer. She said, there are three full-time jobs that need to be filled. Childcare, maintenance of the home, and the job outside of the home that provides finances for the household. I would agree that it is unfair to expect one partner to do two of those full-time jobs themselves. The task of maintaining the home must now be shared between partners, given the new full-time on-call job of being a caregiver. And her solutions were that the parent working outside the home becomes the primary caregiver as soon as they arrive home so that the parent typically providing full-time care can switch over to the task of household maintenance. And her other solution was that partners sit down and write out the number of hours they work solo. And while childcare can include immediately cleaning up after a meal, picking up toys after playing, it doesn't include larger household chores. And then you write down the household chores that need to be tended to, as well as the after-hour childcare that occurs when both partners are present. And then with this list, parents can determine what tasks should be met by each individual. So really just getting clear about who's going to do what, spelling it out, and dividing this responsibility. To some, a well-thought-out plan of who needs to do what might be helpful. It spells it out, is clear-cut, and that might be what you need to do. For me, I've kind of just worked on mindset and just seeing that it comes down to personality. I have a higher cleanliness threshold, if you will, or maybe a lower cleanliness threshold is how you would put it. I like things to be cleaner than Jared does. And 
So I kind of see it as it's up to me if I want to go that extra mile. We maintain a certain level of cleanliness and he certainly helps and chips in when he can or wants to. But if I want it to a higher standard of cleanliness, then I'm going to do it. And I just take that upon myself because I enjoy it and I prefer it. And I know that's not helpful to all, but I've just learned that Jared has a certain personality. He's not really one to take initiative or go the extra mile as regards to cleaning or maintaining the home. There are certainly other areas where he excels and does have that initiative. For instance, lawn care and other maintenance and bills. So I appreciate him for that and I thank him all the time for things that he does do because appreciation goes a long way. Another example I remember learning when I was newly married was someone pointed out that if your spouse takes out the trash but neglects to put in another bag, at least appreciate that they took out the trash. And so kind of focusing on the good and focusing on what they are doing well instead of dwelling on the negative or what they might be forgetting or not doing. Again, when we look at marriage as fair or unfair or splitting responsibilities, we're always keeping score in our mind. We're fixating on the lack or the gap that we feel is there instead of accentuating the positive and being a team. Certainly don't let this stop you from making requests of your spouse. There are times when I say, hey, Jared, can you load the dishwasher? Or Jared, can you put away dinner while I feed the baby? Sometimes your spouse really does need that clear-cut direction, that spelling out of where you need help and what you need them to do at that moment. Okay, so that was chores. Number two is companionship inventory. I received a question that asked, how important do you think companionship inventory or something similar is in a relationship? And those words companionship inventory come from Preach My Gospel, which is a tool for LDS missionaries or anyone wanting to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there's a section in there that encourages you to have a companionship inventory with your missionary companion or the person that you are working with to share the gospel. And so from Preach My Gospel, it says, Share with your companion appropriate goals and ask for his or her help to accomplish them. Discuss the strength of your relationship with your companion. Discuss any challenges that may be keeping your companionship from working in unity or from being obedient. Resolve conflicts. Share with your companion what you think his or her strengths are. Ask for suggestions on how you can improve. If needed, set goals that will improve your relationship. Conclude with prayer. There are so many good things in here, and I really do think it's a good model for communicating with your spouse and talking through things and kind of doing a little checkup for areas you need to improve in your relationship. But when it all comes down to it, I don't think it's realistic to have this sort of structured talk every week. Maybe it is, and maybe you do, and that's great. I love that your relationship works like that. For me, It would be me who had the idea and Jared just following through because I asked him to or because we were told to or I insisted. I feel like, again, it's not really his personality to have such a formalized conversation about it. Now, we do talk about areas of our relationship that need improving or things we can work on, but it's not so formal. So hopefully that makes sense. 
I do think it's important to talk about your relationship, kind of a DTR, but while you're married, why not? Okay, so that was companionship inventory. The third letter C one was compromise. Somebody asked how you compromise or overcome differences in parenting styles. This is a good one. (laughs) And I've definitely been there too, as I've gotten kids. That's a tough one because you see your spouse do certain things and in your head you think, oh, I wouldn't do it that way. But that's with a lot of things in life. We have that layer of judgment oftentimes, or we have an opinion on what is the right way to do something. And you're going to get sick of me saying this, but again, it's personality. I heard from Jody Moore that your spouse is the parent they need, your children need. So as long as what they're doing is not harmful or abusive or manipulative in any way, I think it should be fine. They they need you and they need your spouse as parents because that's who they're with. There are things they'll learn from you and there are things they'll learn from your spouse or your partner. One of my neighbors, she and her husband are taking a parenting class to reconcile some of those differences or kind of maybe even learn a new parenting style that they can both adopt. I would say it depends on how it's affecting your relationship, if you're building resentment around it, if you have tried to work through it but you can't on your own, definitely seek out some support and some other resources. But for the most part, again, your spouse is the parent your child needs. Okay, so that was compromise. Sometimes you do have to compromise. Number four is cohabitation rather than romance. And I've felt this at times too. Sometimes your relationship feels like you're just roommates. You're just living together. The romance is gone. And I remember my mom before she went through her divorce stating that it felt that way, that she didn't feel that romance anymore. She just felt like she was, again, a roommate that those are her words. And I'd say this happens when you get caught up in the business of parenting. You're always talking about your children, even when you're on a date or you're working alongside each other, but not necessarily together. You're kind of just parallel parenting. Huge plug for dates because that time alone is what builds your intimacy with your relation with your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend or partner or even yourself going on dates with yourself. And so I would encourage you to, again, just spend that time with loved ones or with yourself or others, even your children, if you feel like you want to deeper that connection. Because we all know love is spelled T-I-M-E. It's just spending more time together, discussing deeper things, and just really focusing on the relationship. And so that was cohabitation. And number five, the last one is cheating. And I don't necessarily mean infidelity, although that could be a problem for sure. Uh, But I just mean in general, putting other things before your spouse. Before Jared and I got married, Jared was really open about his hobby of video games. And I really appreciate that looking back because had he downplayed it more or glossed over it, it could have been a bigger problem in our marriage than it was. And it, and it kind of was at first because 
it seemed like he was putting video games above me. We'd get in the bed and the first thing he'd do would grab his phone or he'd just always be playing video games when I thought that he could use that time more wisely if it was spent with me. (laughs) So we did have conversations about it and we came to a compromise that if he was alone, he could spend whatever time he wanted playing video games. But if he was with me, then he wouldn't. And sometimes we are together and now I say, oh, okay, yeah, you can play a video game. I'm just going to read my book. But it's something that we agree on mutually and he's a lot more aware of it and more respectful. So again, putting your spouse first is, it's all about priorities. You would hope that your spouse would put you before their family or friends or anything else in life. You made a commitment to each other and you're going to be there for each other and that will show. There's a quote that says, keep your eyes wide open before marriage and half shut after. So you agreed to marry this person or be with this person. And if you want to end the relationship, then that's a road you can go down. But the time that you were dating was kind of the time to see what they were going to be like. When I was dating Jared, he warned me that he wasn't into cutesy boyfriendy stuff. And guess what? It didn't magically change afterwards either. He's still not into cutesy boyfriendy stuff, despite my coaxing or my little love notes that I've left everywhere. He often doesn't reciprocate because that's just not how he shows love. And so, again, you can't expect your partner to magically change or even change just a little bit. They'll change if they want to, and it probably won't be drastically. It'll just be little changes over time. Okay, so just to summarize, most problems in relationships come from wanting the other person to change. We can't change other people. Ultimately, all we can change is ourselves. We talked about five areas that you might want to change your partner but can't and kind of how to reconcile those changes. So first was household chores. Determine how you're going to handle them, how you're going to work on this category, what your mindset is going to be or what you would like it to be, set a goal, make a plan, talk to your spouse or your partner, and implement it. Number two, we talked about companionship inventory. How do you determine your relationship standing and how you're resolving conflict and working with each other and how often are you going on dates? What way do you both like to check in and see how each other is doing in the relationship? Number three, how do you compromise on differences in parenting? Does it bother you when your spouse parents a certain way? Do you feel like you're on the same page when it comes to parenting and discipline and consequences? Where are you at? Number four, do you sometimes feel like you're cohabitating rather than living with a romantic partner? What are some ways you can change that? Do you need to go on more dates? Do you need to hire a nanny? Do you need to talk about more intimate topics or talk about the kids less often? Do you need to go on a getaway together? And number five, are you or your spouse cheating? Are you putting something else above your relationship? Are you putting something else before your lover or before you and yourself or soul care? Socrates said, the secret of change is to focus all your energy, not on fighting the old, but on building the new. Where can you and your lover go in your relationship? Grow together, not apart. 
Thanks for joining me on the podcast. Share this with someone you love. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.